This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. It was the 2nd of July, 1966, when three women went missing on the sandy beach of Indiana Dunes State Park. Around noon that day, a couple from Chicago, Mike Yonklasa and Frances Surset, said they saw three women board a boat and take off with a young man with curly black hair. The three women were Ann Miller, Patricia Blau, and Renee Burrell. The three women left their purses behind at the beach, which seemed strange to the woman who saw them last. It was reported that over 9,000 people were on the beach that day. Leaving your things out in the open like that seemed... As time passed, this woman found herself getting rather worried, as the three women and the man had not come back. Soon, the sun was setting on the horizon, and the woman who had seen them leave pointed out their possessions to a park ranger. She also explained about the last time she'd seen them. The ranger took the things and everyone went about their evening. Nothing more came of this until the 4th of July two days following the boat ride out. It was on this day that Patty's father called the park's superintendent, Bill Svetik, about his daughter not returning home. He explained that he'd not seen her or heard from her since she left for the dunes with two friends. This left Bill to check the IDs of the belongings found on the beach, and they were, of course, a match to Patty and her two friends, Anne and Renee. The superintendent checked the personal belongings and found a keychain that held a miniature license plate. The parking lot was searched, and they found the matching plates. It was then the investigation took a turn. The Coast Guard was called in, and they searched the southern end of Lake Michigan. According to the Coast Guard, over 5,000 boats would have passed through the area on the day the girls went missing, so while they had a brief description of the boat, it would be nearly impossible to narrow the search. On the 5th of July, an official search was put underway. Police walked the beach, searched it on horseback, and over 40 military volunteers showed up to aid in the search, but nothing on the beach was found. The same cannot be said about the purses of the three women, however, most notably Renee's. A letter inside her purse showed that her vanishing could have been planned. The letter was meant for her husband, whom she'd been with for 15 months. In the letter that had been written two weeks prior, she talked about wanting to leave him, as they never seemed to spend enough time together. The husband was questioned, but he said that he was unaware of any marital issues taking place. It's possible, as some have said, that she wrote the letter while upset and simply forgot about it. Also, if she'd planned on moving state or even the country, why would she have left it in her purse and give away the whole reason for doing it? This time, they focused around the area on a six-mile stretch that was west of the park and stretching to Odgen Dunes, an area that was wooded and dotted with expensive properties. The search was moved here following tips from two men from South Holland, Illinois, and the couple we spoke of before. They both claimed to have seen at least one of the women getting on a boat with a black-haired young man that day. 
They were also able to identify the women in photos a short time later. The debris from what was believed to be a boat colliding with an intake in the lake was discovered, but it bared no distinguishable marks. Strangely enough, no crashes were reported the night the girls were last seen. The man himself, along with the curly dark hair, was described as being in his mid-twenties, well tanned and wearing a beach jacket. Still, nothing seemed to come up. Over a week, the search continued. Planes flew over the area, the lake was searched and dragged again, and numerous volunteers walked the beaches, but nothing furthered the investigation. The properties around the area were also investigated and those who lived around the area were questioned. Still, nothing. Now all we can do is talk about their case and theorize. All three of the women were very avid swimmers, with Patricia being in the water and swimming since she was a very young child. Many say this disproves the theory of the women drowning, but I don't think it should be dismissed. Numerous amounts of individuals lose their lives in Lake Michigan each year. From what I've read, the water is deceptive. While it looks calm, it can pull you down rather quickly. Given the police discovered debris from a boat not far from where the women vanished, it's not too far-fetched to say the boat crashed into something, sending them off into the water, along with the man that was with them, and that would result in no one being able to report the crash. That said, some say with that many people on the beach at the time, it's unlikely someone didn't see the women fall from the boats or hear them call for help. Furthermore, nearly all drowning victims' bodies are found, either washed up on shore or at the bottom of the lake. As we've said, these women haven't been found. Next, people speculate that the three planned this disappearance so they could take their lives somewhere else. They were all young, between 19 and 21, and Renee and Anne seemed to have much more going on than what was on the surface. As we said before, Renee was having issues with her marriage. Anne, on the other hand, was sent to be dealing with the horse syndicate, which we'll touch on later. It's also been stated that Patricia could have been pregnant and got on the boat to have an abortion. And while this was taking place, something could have gone terribly wrong, leading to the other two women having their lives taken to cover it up. Some say these two things could have been far too much for the women to handle, and the young man with the boat was their ticket out of there. This, too, was met with healthy skepticism. Aside from those three things, the women were doing okay by all accounts. Third, we have the idea of foul play. This is where the horse syndicate comes back into play. All three of the women were avid horse riders, and they believed they knew about some bad actors in the scene. One man in particular, Silas Jane, was known to sell sick and dying horses to various people for large sums of money, claiming they were healthy and ready to race. Along with this, he was caught selling horse meat during the Second World War. The man was, if nothing else, an incredible businessman and had numerous people working for him, willing to do whatever he asked, including taking someone's life. 
Silas was convicted of conspiracy in connection to one of these crimes. The hit took out on George Jane, who eventually had his life taken on the 28th of October, 1970. Some say it's possible that the girls have begun catching on to Silas as well, and may have spoken to the police. Some of these police were actually paid off by Silas. The man in the boat could have just been one of Silas's many hitmen sent out to pick up the women and silence them, for lack of a better term. Still, though, this was met with much speculation. While the girls were said to have possible connections to Silas, it seems like a stretch. I don't believe the three women would have gotten on a boat with a total stranger for any reason. Two men actually came forward and said they'd hit on the girls, but they showed no interest. If they were forced on the boats, I believe it would have been rather obvious. With over 9,000 people there, surely someone would have seen some type of threat, right? If we go back to the debris found in the lake, again, only a few miles from where the girls were last seen, it brings up the scenario of an exchange with another boat, a smaller boat that could have been used to transport them somewhere else. Once the women were moved, Silas's crew could have taken their lives and buried them far from the lake. This exchange could also possibly explain the debris that was discovered in the lake. The two boats accidentally collided when they met up and caused some serious damage. Of course, the original boat that was reported hasn't been found. In a more gruesome outcome, Silas and his crew could have used explosives to destroy any evidence of the girls. In 1965, a woman named Cheryl Lynn Rood had her life taken by a bomb meant for George Jane as it was wired to his car. Could they have used a similar method here? A final bit of information that is at least worth mentioning is that one person on a web sleuths forum claimed the man who picked up the women that day was Ed Nadeld, a cop who'd worked with Silas in the past. Furthermore, the commenter claims Ed took out an insurance claim on his boat just days before the girls went missing, claiming he'd lost it in an accidental fire. An accidental fire that could have been caused by Silas's explosives. Of course, there were no documents presented that would corroborate this claim, and so we can only take it as a theory, not fact. With that said, Silas did make mention of three graves on his property sometime after the girls vanishing. The officer that was meant to lead the search had his life taken in what was called a tragic accident, and the search was never put underway. Finally, some believe Richard Speck could have been the perpetrator. Richard took the lives of eight student nurses on July 14, 1966, two weeks after Anne, Patricia, and Renee went missing. The eight nurses were similar in age to the three women, and South Chicago is mere miles from the state line of Indiana. It is possible that Richard fled the state after seeing the massive search that was taking place. While in Illinois, he could have committed the other crimes to the other women, which would eventually get him arrested. So, was it him? Or was it someone hired by Silas? Or was it just a tragic accident? As of now, we simply do not know. But that said, there is one thing that hasn't been released that could help the case if it were released to the public. 
numerous people have come forward saying that they'd captured the woman getting on the boat on film while filming home movies. From what I understand, many of these have been turned over to the police, but never to the public, so we're unsure if the man is captured on film or not, or if it even would propel the case forward. Perhaps that's why it hasn't been released to the public. So, what is your take on this case, and what theory do you feel fits the bill the most? Let me know in the comment section below. If you have any information that you believe can help this case, be sure to report it to the correct authorities. You can get in touch with the Indiana State Police at 317-232-8248. 317-232-8248. If you have any information that you believe can help. Finally, I just want to say thank you to everyone who took the time out to watch this video and learn about this case. It's an extremely tragic one, and I find it so strange that three women can just go missing, seemingly out of nowhere, with no hard evidence, really. There's barely even any photos that go along with this case. But I still want to talk about it because I feel like, no matter what, cases can get solved. We've seen it before on this channel numerous times, and I just feel like it's a matter of time before... Something comes up and someone is found guilty, whether that person is alive or not. Justice is justice, and that's really all we want in cases like these. So, thank you again everyone for watching. Again, a quick thank you to all of my patrons and the most recent channel members. Everyone you see on screen is supporting the channel monthly to get videos early and some behind-the-scenes things. If that sounds like something you want to do, check out the links in the description or click that little join button. Um, thank you again to everyone else. I appreciate you all the same. And as always, stay safe out there. So now that you've heard the whole story, I wanted to give everyone who came over on Anchor and took a listen a little bit extra to uh, listen to afterward. Um, I try not to put my personal take on these cases when... Uh, when I'm on YouTube, because I feel like I have to be, I have to hold a, I have to hold myself to a certain standard, and I don't want people to think that I'm theorizing or anything like that. All the theories I presented in the video were not mine; they were uh, presented by various other outlets and things. Um, personally, I believe the only way these three women could have gone missing in the matter that they did was it had to have been some kind of organized event. Someone close to them, possibly someone who knew where they were going to be at what time, and someone who knew how to get them where they wanted them. I think that has that has serious potential in my in my opinion because the whole the whole thing with the the horse syndicate and Silas Jane, it's just things like that that it really seemed to add up in favor of that theory that Silas Jane had something to do with it. I mean, the mention of there being three graves on his property and the mention of the horse syndicate and them knowing who he was and them being avid horse riders and all this and all that, I just really feel like one of them or all three of them knew something and they were 
they maybe they even attempted to go to the police and they happened to talk to one of the police officers who was being paid off by Silas. I don't know. It's just, I don't think there's any other reasonable explanation. There had to have been a reason all three of them got on the boat with that man and nobody knows who the man was. And that's another strange bit of information. How would one man convince three women one of which was married and another who was possibly pregnant to get on a boat with him and just ride out into Lake Michigan. Something's not right about that. And a lot of what people are saying on the video on YouTube, if you watch it over there is that there's just no way three women left their purses on the beach. And I know it sounds like a stereotype that women have to have their purses on them, but I mean, you kind of do. Like if I were at the beach and I had my wallet sitting beside me on the beach, I would pick it up and take it with me if I was about to go somewhere. I don't want someone stealing my wallet, and I'm sure these women didn't want someone stealing their purses. And speaking of, the woman who originally saw them getting on the boat and leaving and then eventually told the park ranger that they hadn't been back and they left their stuff... There's got to be more that she knows. Like, why Why was that the only bit of information that she could give? You know what I mean? Like, if she was able to notice, um, if she was close enough, them on the beach, close enough to them on the beach to see them get on the boat with someone and notice that their stuff was left behind, I feel like maybe she's not necessarily hiding something, but maybe there's something she's forgotten you know what I mean? But I don't know. I mean, at this point, if it didn't say how old the woman was, but at this point, the three women would be in their 70s. So the woman, if she was a bit older, she might have already passed away. She could be rather old now and maybe not remember what took place that day. But I feel like there's something that just somebody isn't, somebody's not saying something is what I believe. And I think the reason for it might be because. Silas had such a heavy influence on people in that area and uh, in that time period. And that's incredibly tragic. Um, When I was researching this online, I just couldn't seem to find a lot of different resources that had different information. I even looked on newspapers.com, you know, that has millions and millions of uh archived newspapers and I only found like three or four notable articles about this case and it's just strange it really feels like all the information isn't there you know somebody's holding out on something and given that Silas Jane has now passed away I think it's time somebody says something Uh, it's been years and years and I feel like there's somebody out there who knows something or somebody knows someone who knew something who's now passed away and for some reason they're trying to cover it up or keep them in the dark keep us in the dark everyone who's trying to figure out what the hell happened in this case you know Um, these poor women I mean they were between 19 and 21 years old they had so much life ahead of them and it was just taken away I can't imagine how, if someone knew something, I can't imagine how they would just let it not come out. 
It's just, this case really bothered me because it feels like it's just a big cover-up. I don't know. I feel like Silas Jane had an incredible influence on um, a lot of big names back in the day. And uh, personally, that's what I believe. I think him and his horse syndicate or his goons or whatever uh, played a very large part in this. Um, Maybe it's possible that the man on the boat happened to have some kind of weapon, like a gun or a small knife or something, and told the women to get on the boat. But even then, I mean, there were 9,000-plus people on that beach. One guy with one gun against three women on a beach of 9,000-plus people. Why wouldn't they just scream for their lives, say, he's got a gun, he's got a weapon, help us, blah, blah, blah. A lot of you have pointed out that they had to have known this person to get on the boat with him. Because like I said in the video... The original uh, recording is that two guys actually hit on these women and they turned them down. So they're not the kind of women to just go hang out with whoever willy nilly. You know, it's they knew who was on that boat. They knew it. There's no way someone kidnapped three women off of a beach with over 9000 people present. That's just impossible. There's no way they had to have known the person on the boat. And that person had to have been had to have had some kind of connection with Silas Jane or something. I don't know. That's just my personal take on it. Um, leave me a little voice message and tell me what you think. If you like this little retrospective thing at the end for the audio only part, uh, let me know that as well. I, I would love to hear your guys feedback on this and uh, your thoughts on the case. So, yeah. Thanks again, everyone, for listening. Thank you for supporting me over here on Anchor. It's really, really awesome that you guys like this audio-only stuff. And this little off-the-cuff bit at the end, I think, will help make it a little bit longer to give you something to listen to for uh, a bit longer. So, anyway, thanks again. Let me know what you think by leaving me a little voice memo, and maybe I'll play it in the next episode. We'll see. So, thanks again, everyone. I hope you have a great night, morning, or evening. Um great night, afternoon, or morning, sorry. And uh, as always, stay safe out there.